Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. Well, hello, friend. Welcome back to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. So I want to ask you something. Do you have something in your life that you're crazy passionate about, but you're not quite sure if there are other people who feel the same way you do, right? Like maybe you haven't found those people just yet. Maybe what you're passionate about is a new business and you're not sure if you can find enough customers or if it's really going to take off. Well, if that's you, you're going to love hearing from Megan Jenkins of his kids company. She has an amazing story of becoming a Christian as an adult, being so passionate and so excited about her faith, wanting to share it with everyone she meets. And she turned that basically into a business to provide wonderful faith-based products for kids. So you're going to love hearing from Megan. She shares a lot about her journey over the last four years in working super hard to build her business. And of course, now it's doing just amazingly well. Just, (laughs) it still kind of boggles my mind. I mean, she's doing so well and it's so fun to see. So yeah, you're going to love hearing from Megan. So without further ado, let's chat with Megan. So today on the show, I'm so excited to be chatting with Megan Jenkins of hiskidscompany.com. Megan, I just love watching you grow. I love your business. You've been such a fun student to get to know. And so, yeah, I'm just so excited to get to chat with you today. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So Megan, I would love to hear more about how his kids company got started. Well, it was four years ago, just a few days ago. So we had our four year anniversary. So my company is faith-based. All of my products are created with a hope of coining children and their parents or anyone that might see them back to Jesus. I created my first product was a t-shirt with a Bible verse on it. And that was created to just be a fun way for my son and I to practice scripture together. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So once I came to know the Lord, I was like, wow, I have so much to learn. I felt this responsibility, not only to learn about God for myself, but to find fun ways to teach my kids. So I created the t-shirt and it was just fun. We would pick, eventually there were multiple t-shirts and I would pick a different shirt every week and we would practice that verse. But then people, in the back of my mind, I knew that it was always an option to like create a business around these products, but it took off a lot faster than I think I realized. And it became like a legitimate business. So I created the products for my son and then people would start asking out in public, like, where did that shirt come from? And I was like, oh, sometimes I would say this company, we used to be a Laura inspired. So I changed my name last year, but they would ask and then they would want to purchase them for themselves. And it was kind of my way to shine a light in the world. Like, yeah, I think more people could benefit from my products. I think at the time when I first created them, I didn't realize that there were other people that were so excited to share their faith. 
So I was hesitant at first, like, are people even going to like these? Like, are they actually going to sell? But then I realized there's this whole world out there. Well, maybe not the whole world, but a whole lot of people <laughs> love Jesus and they want to share God's light and they want to be encouraging and just be intentional about the encouraging things they put out there. So I, I started an Instagram. I started a website and I started out with just like three shirts when I launched three different verses. And then we grew from there. I would create a new one, maybe every couple months, there would be a new launch. I created different hoodies. I started looking at different wholesale companies to get different styles. So we moved from just plain solid colored t-shirts to like raglan style. I mean, I still do all of them, but now we currently have 25 different Bible verses that we use on our t-shirts and our hoodies. After maybe two years of just selling t-shirts, I put one of my t-shirt designs on a pillowcase. So one of our most popular t-shirts is our Be Brave design. And it's really cool. It has like half lion's face and then it has a scripture on the other side. And so I put that on a pillowcase. And that's when I kind of started thinking outside of just t-shirts and pillowcases were really fun. Then I thought, how can I incorporate, like bring more scripture products into the home so that they're not just on t-shirts. So I fooled with a different, a couple different materials for placemats and I came across silicone. And so it was probably like six months of researching different silicone companies and colors and all this fun stuff. And I threw our most popular designs onto placemats and then launched a line of silicone placemats, which are so fun because I like to practice scripture and Bible stories and lessons with my kids at the kitchen table. So we launched those. Those have been so much fun because they're super durable. They come in a ton of different colors and it's just unique. Like there's not, I mean, not that I know of, there's no other silicone placemats with scripture on them. And then my kids would color on them all the time. They would trace the letters and just color on them. But because it's silicone, it washes right off. So that's when I thought, hey, I could actually like intentionally make these for coloring. So I work with a couple of different super creative artists that help me create different designs for my products. And I worked with an awesome illustrator who drew an illustration of Noah's Ark and all of the animals. And so I put that on a white silicone placemat and it's now a coloring mat. So you color it with markers and then you rinse it off. And my hope is that parents will read the story that goes along with the illustration to their kids. And it'll be a fun way for kids to like soak up the Bible stories. Yeah. I have to say too, when you said, I don't think anyone else is doing this, I have to agree because I remember when you applied to the intensive and I checked out your products, I thought, this is really neat. Like, this is not something I've seen before. And it's really cool that, yeah, it's this washable, reusable, your kids can color on this mat as many times as they want. I know my boys, both of them, I've got a three-year-old and a nine-year-old, and both of them love do-overs. <laughs> like, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, they, they both get, as much as I try to tell them, it's great and you're doing great, they both get frustrated if they're coloring on a page and it doesn't turn out the way they want it to. And so, yeah, I just, I love the whole concept of those, the wipeable, clean off, fresh start. I mean, hey, that's like the message of Jesus right there. (laughs) Look, you get a fresh start. You can, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I I love that you did that. And now you have, you have silicone coloring books too. I can't necessarily take all the credit for that. So I work with a manufacturer and I work with the same lady placing all my orders for different, for the placemats and the coloring mats. And so I liked the size of the coloring mat and she was like, well, what if you made a coloring book? And honestly, I was like, no, I just don't, I don't, I couldn't picture it in my head. I couldn't put it together. 
And with one of my orders, she sent me a sample. She took my coloring mats and put it in a book. They were smaller and I got it. And I said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I told you no, 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 I'm not doing this. And so I can't take all the credit, but we put all of, well, not all of them. I do a couple different ones. So I took our most popular mats for the first edition and I put them in a coloring book. So there was six pages that you can color and it's perfect, like the perfect size to go in the car or in a child's lap, or it's just, it's an awesome size. So then that was our first one and they sold out partially thanks to ads. And oh, then, I didn't realize that was your first one. Yeah. From like, my first ad, I set up for a t-shirt and literally I sold so many that I couldn't even get any more t-shirts. I had to turn the ads off because I couldn't get t-shirts. My manufacturer ran out. So that was an awesome thing to happen. Yeah. So then my second ad was for the coloring book and those sold out. So now I created a new coloring book. It's called The Life of Christ. And it just walks you through Jesus's birth, Jesus teaching, Jesus death and his resurrection. And that's a new coloring book in its own. Yeah. So now how is that going as far as this goes? Really well. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Well, now because um, I ordered more knowing, like, I need to be prepared this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. And, you know, especially right now, I remember seeing the photo of the coloring book kind of tucked into a kid's beach bag. And I just thought, yeah, that's so perfect. I mean, these coloring books can go with kids anywhere. And that actually just reminds me, as you were talking, we are probably going to be, well, actually, we have to take a road trip in july to like make some improvements to our rental house we still own in south carolina so i've already been kind of thinking through okay what are the activities for the car this would be the longest road trip our three-year-old has ever taken and i'm like oh i need to go buy your one of your coloring books so i better hurry up because they're probably gonna sell out again yeah Yeah. it's also fun because it's like a screen-free activity and it helps with like fine motor skills the coloring and you said you can wash it off and redo it so Kids yeah. and parents both like them. I have gotten tons of messages from parents saying like, secretly, I enjoy coloring this just as much as my kids. <laughs> yeah, I love that. See, yeah, I don't think I realized that the whole concept though of your silicone coloring books was so new. So that's only something you've had like in 2020, right? It was like November, 2019. Oh, gotcha. Like a month. Okay. Okay. Now, before we dive into some numbers, I love to nerd out on the data, but I feel like a lot of people listening are going to wonder, how do you even go about, and I'm not talking about necessarily for someone trying to do the same exact thing, but if you have a cool product idea, how does one go about finding manufacturers for what that cool product would be? Well, (laughs) that took like months of research. I Honestly, I should probably, I should have tallied it up, but probably hundreds, maybe 200 emails to anybody that worked with plastics or silicone or coloring books or anything like that. My manufacturers overseas for the silicone products, the t-shirts are in the United States. And that was much easier because finding a blank t-shirt just is a little easier than finding someone to actually create a silicone product. But I just searched and searched and sent emails and looked for similar products. So I think the way that I found my manufacturer was she made a silicone like dog mat or something, like something you put underneath the like dog bowls. I was yeah. like, hey, can you do this? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this, but for kids. <laughs> yeah. There were lots of samples sent back and forth. And then I actually worked with one manufacturer for a few months, like the first one or two batches of placemats. And then they were like no longer in business or I don't even remember what happened or they raised the prices too high. This time I knew it was a little easier to do my research again because I knew what I was looking for. 
but I had to find a new manufacturer and get a couple more samples to make sure the quality was there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's always good to have them third-party tested. So I have them safety tested in the United States by a third-party company just to make sure that it's all safe. That is so good to know because yeah, I wouldn't have thought of about that. The only manufacturing experience I have is with my planners Mm -hmm. and the planner. I mean, because grown up women use them, I don't like have to (laughs) safety test them, but obviously your placemats, like kids are putting food on them. So yeah. Okay. So is that a hard process as well to find a safety tester or is that that really hard? Okay. Uh, Just to find someone that would do it. So there's like a code CPSC compliance. I don't even know what it stands for, but that is the code I was looking for. And they, it was just hard to find someone that could test it, could take it all apart, test all the aspects of it. Yeah. But I love that you shared all the time that you spent researching. It's like you said, you're Googling, you're sending lots of emails, you're getting back the samples. So for anyone listening, if you have an interesting product idea and you feel like it's just so hard to find that right manufacturer. Just know that that's, that's a struggle that most people go through to manufacture a I physical think product. to be prepared to hear a lot of no's. Even yeah. with just like growing my business, I remember in the beginning reaching out for different collaborations or trying to work with different bloggers or even other small businesses. I remember when I first got started, shop shares were like a big thing on Instagram and you would share each other. Like one business would share another business's product. And you just have to... I remember telling myself like the first two years a lot, like the worst they can say is no. The worst they can say is no. I couldn't sleep well at night knowing like I was too chicken to ask a question. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So in those early days, since you just mentioned, you know, doing collaborations or maybe sending products to an influencer or something like that, I'd love to hear more about how you grew your business early on. Early on, I just posted a lot of pictures on Instagram. I made sure that my website like functioned really easily so that it wasn't hard for people to get from, hey, I like this product to checking out. I was part of some small business Facebook groups, like small shop groups. I did a lot of the shop shares. Like There would be in those groups like, hey, does anyone want to share this product? I would also reach out to a lot of bloggers. For my niche, it was like faith-based bloggers that obviously would work well with a yeah. faith-based product and just say, Hey, would you be willing to accept this product? And if you love it, would you maybe share about it or tag me in a photo of your kids wearing it? And lots of people won't respond and lots of people will say no, but when they do say yes, it helps you grow. It helps get a little more exposure. I also had to be willing to know I was not going to make money the first year or two. Like I invested so much back into my business to make it grow. That's such a good point too. I think people don't realize how much work, how much time, how much sometimes money too is going into a business in those early years. And I think people have this misconception with online business. I mean, yes, there's certain expenses we don't have that a brick and mortar business does have. So we have that advantage, if you will, but at the same time, it's growing a business still takes, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of work. It doesn't I don't know very many people who are just like, I just started my business. And what do you know? In month two, I was just making all this money, you know, because even if you see sales early on, it takes a while before you figure out. Yeah. Inventory. I mean, in your case, like there's inventory, there's expenses, there's product development. So before you're making like a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I know I said earlier that like people started asking where they could get them and it took off, but it didn't 
I think took off for me was more of like, oh, this isn't so weird. I'm not the only one that wants to put scripture on a kid's t-shirt because I was such a new Christian. And at the time I didn't have any other Christians in my life aside from my husband. So I thought I was a weird, a little bit of a weirdo, like, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, like this, it's not like this is something so cool and trendy. But when I say took off, I mean, I realized like there were people out there that were so excited to share God's light too. Not necessarily, I wasn't like having tons of sales, but it was more than I expected because I thought it wasn't necessarily the trendy kind of business. Right. Yeah. You were nervous that like, will no one want this? And then you realize, oh, like, yeah, there are a lot of other Christians out there who are really excited to wear a Bible verse on a shirt or have their kids be wearing that and all of that. It's really cool to see people's reactions to them as well, because, you know, you could just be walking in the store or something and you'll see someone smile and say like, hey, I like that. Or amen, sister, (laughs) anything. I'm getting a lot of just cool, like, brightening your day comments. Yeah, that's true. It's like that immediate solidarity of like, I also, hey, yeah. I also felt like in the beginning, like if we we're at a park or something and someone said like, Hey, I really like that shirt. To me, that was like, Hey, I know Jesus too. And it was kind of cool yeah. because we truly had no idea. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't know the difference between Easter and Christmas when I, you know, five years ago. Yeah. It was cool to realize like other people know Jesus too. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's pretty incredible when you think about it, like your, you know, your faith journey and it's really neat the way you, you became a Christian and like so quickly basically turned around and said, I want to share my faith in this light with yeah others. I had this fire in my heart, like, wow, I have so much to learn and I want my kids to know this. Like I want my kids to know the love and peace that comes with knowing Jesus like, I want everyone I know to know him too. So what is like a nice, subtle way I can share it or even start a conversation that might lead to sharing the gospel with someone? Yeah, that's so true. Oh, I love it. Okay. So you worked super hard (laughs) in those early years. And I know we even talked about this, like before the interview started, just saying like, I don't think people realize how much, you know, I I remember. So I started my company in 2013, sorry, 2016. And that's the year I had my middle child. And so I like, I would work in the middle of the night when I'd get up to feed the baby, I would stay up for an hour and work in the middle of the night, like creating content for the next day or doing research or like thinking of new ideas, fulfilling orders. I mean, there were so many nights I would stay up till two o'clock in the morning with a pack and play in my office, printing and packaging shirts and just growing my company. Like it took a lot of grit and grind in the beginning. And it, yeah. It's not that it's not there now. There's totally a lot of hard work now, but ads have taken a huge weight off of my shoulder. It almost feels like part of my company is running itself without me running right along with it. If that makes yeah. sense. I can go on a weekend vacation and not worry about having to post or send an email because ads are working for me behind the scenes. And that has taken just such a huge chunk of weight off of yeah. my company. I love that. And that's how I feel too, is it's like, with ads, it goes from this, the feeling of, oh, I have to be posting on social media constantly because that's how I'm making sales. Or like, I have to email constantly because that's how I'm making sales. I have to reach out to people to collab and all of that constantly. Now it's like, it's not that we stop doing those things, but it's like, that's extra. That's because we want to, we do it when we have the margin and the time and the energy to do it. It's like, you no longer feel like, oh my gosh, I have to keep running, running, running every single day or, you know, everything kind of screeches to a halt. I feel like I'm doing those things now out of like, I want to do these things. I want to, 
not that I didn't want to before, but like it was vital to keeping orders coming in and my company growing. That effort was vital. And now it's like, I have this one ad going for this shirt. It's a RB Brave shirt that I mentioned, but I created one for girls with it's instead of a half lion's face, it's a half butterfly. And so I get orders for that shirt and comments on my ad every single day. I haven't posted in my feed or sent an email or talked about that shirt in months. And but the, that shirt is still selling. And it's just really cool to not be posting a photo of that shirt, sharing it in my stories, talking about it, yet it's still selling. Yeah. I love that so much. So if you don't mind, I would love to nerd out on the data a little bit. I have to say you're one of my students who I almost want to tell people, don't expect as good of a return on ad spend. <laughs> That's what Megan's getting because I have a few other students where it's the same way where like your guys' results just kind of blow my mind sometimes. I mean, it's really fabulous. But yeah, so I, I want you to share though, even though <laughs> not everyone will get such amazing results. The thing is, even if you're not getting as big of a ROAS, you can still make ads work and yeah. bring those new customers in. For like one of my ads, my ROAS is 32. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a 32 return on ad spend means for every dollar you put in, you get $32 back worth of sales. Now, is that a hot audience? Warm. Yeah. Right. Warm. Okay. Yeah. So who, who are you targeting? All right. That ad? Ad, I am targeting people that have viewed my Instagram in the last is it 180 days. Okay. Yeah. That's well, I'm trying to think with Instagram, you might be able to go out as far as 365 days. But you might have your set to 180 yeah, So I think I just set it to 180 days. And then, okay. so I only have three audiences, right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Three audiences for this ad. And the other audience is people who have viewed my homepage on my website in the last 180 days. Okay. And the third audience is people who have engaged with a post of mine in the last 200 days. Okay. So I guess it's just people who have engaged with my things in the last 200 days. Yeah. And, and it's pretty well, it's still, and this ad has been going for like three weeks. Okay. And so what are you showing them in the ad? So I'm showing them a mock-up photo of the t-shirt and then two photos of the t-shirt on kids. And it just is really simple. It says on sale now, our shine bright t-shirt. And it has the link directly to that product. Gotcha. Okay. So 32 ROAS and you're showing it to just all your warm audiences, which that's incredible because I was assuming like, oh, this has got to be a hot audience. Like only people who've been to your shop in the last seven to 14 days, something like that. But the fact that you're grabbing everyone, you're just grabbing everyone who's basically interacted with your business in the last six months and showing them one of your products and say, here it is. And it's on sale. What are you spending per day on that campaign? $20. Okay. But still, I mean, when you think about the return, so $20 with the 32 ROAS means for every $20 that you spend, you're making $640 of sales. <laughs> Look at your face. You're like, uh. yeah. But I, so I think because my target audience or my target shopper is shopping for their kids. I think a lot of people have more than one kid and they're ordering multiple shirts within their order. Okay. So that, that makes sense. Yeah helping because they're ordering like one for each kid. Another one of the ads that worked really well for me was that Easter shirt that I sold out because I sold like 600 unit or 600 purchases, but it was way more than 600 shirts. Yeah. Where I had to turn it off. 
So that one, I was still learning. That was in the very beginning stages of like learning ads. And so it got kind of, I didn't do the campaign optimized budget for that one. Gotcha. At one point my spending was like a little high and I had to turn it off. I ended up running out of the shirts anyway, but I'll tell you, I spent $3,000 on ads and I had purchases of 11646 That's amazing. So that was not a bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad ROAS. And you basically sold out of that shirt. Yeah. Cause I couldn't yeah. get it anymore and I had to turn the ad off. Yeah. So how long did you run that campaign? Let's see. Oh, date created was February 18th and it ended on March 19th. So a month. Okay. So ran it for a month, spent three grand in a month, made 11 grand in sales. That's that's awesome. And was that primarily to cold traffic or a mix of some cold audiences and also warm? Okay. So this was before I had learned to separate the cold and the warm. So in that that one ad, I had two warm and one cold. My cold was website customer lookalikes. Okay. Who had purchased and created the lookalike audience. Yeah. Got it. That's awesome. And then I would love to talk about the campaigns that you are currently running to cold traffic, because I want people to know that, okay, one, you already, you've worked super hard. You've built up a great Instagram following. You have a lot of loyal customers. You have like a loyal audience that you've built up, which is amazing. And so that's part of why you can run an ad to your warm audience and make a 32 ROAS on that. But for someone listening, who's going, Oh geez, I don't, I've got a teeny tiny Instagram following. I don't get that much shop traffic. Like how am I going to make this work? You also still do very well with cold traffic. Yeah. Well, and I should also say that Easter shirt, that was only one ad. I had a couple different ones. So that one I spent 3000 had 11,000. I also had maybe two or three more running throughout that month that were really profitable as well. Yeah. So I had an Easter mat that I got really close to Easter. So I could only run ads for so long and they ended up selling out as well. But <laughs> this is too cold. And my row as was 9.29. And this one is for my placemats. And I did a lookalike to my pixel customers. Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically what you're doing is all those purchase events that have fired in the last six months, you can tell Facebook, Hey, number one, create an audience of all of those purchases. But instead of like uploading the email addresses, you just have Facebook do it for you based on that pixel event firing. And then yes, you can create a lookalike from all those purchasers okay, so via pixel data. This ad has a ROAS of okay, 10.22. Okay. And I was targeting the lookalike pixel, lookalike to my MailChimp emailers, and then lookalike to visitors. Okay. That's three cold audiences, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Three cold audiences. And now do you exclude your warm audiences? I don't. Okay. So technically they could be. Yeah. Mixed in a little bit. Yeah. But the other thing is you go and grab warm anyways over, you know, you have warm campaigns running too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm curious with those three lookalikes, which one performs the best? I think my lookalike pixel, let me see. Yeah, of the purchasers. Yeah, that one has 65 from this. 65, 51, 37, 17. So yeah, the lookalike picks for the pixel. 
Okay, gotcha. And that makes sense because in your case, I mean, you get a lot of purchases. <laughs> so that's, of course, the highest intent. What we're looking for is obviously we want more customers. And so because you have enough purchasers in that base audience, Facebook is able to create a really great lookalike of those people for you. The one thing I want to caution people who might be new to ads on is like people will tout the lookalikes and act like they're the be all end all and you've got to have a lookalike that's working well. But if you're newer and you have less purchases so far or you have less email subscribers or less website traffic, you can absolutely go find cold interests on your own that will still work and still convert. But yeah, over time, this is what's so awesome about Facebook ads too, is like everything builds on itself. Like you're getting more sales because you're marketing more using ads. And then Facebook is picking up on all those purchasers. And then you have this amazing lookalike of those purchasers. So it's, it really can, can build over time. Yeah, I, do, I feel like it snowballs once yeah. that it starts working, it gets better. And not only have my sales increased, I find that I'm getting a lot more followers too. Like I can see in my, you know, like in your notifications, I'll see a person, this person liked, you know, this photo or whatever, but then it immediately says like, they started following you and I can watch it happen in my notifications of how they like my ad photo. And then here they are following me. Yeah. It's so true. It's especially on Instagram. There is a really strong connection between people seeing that ad and then deciding like, Hmm, let's, let me go check this business out. And then they follow. And so yeah, it's really fun seeing those followers come into you. Yeah. So, okay. Because you've run a lot of different campaigns over the last couple of months. And my problem is I have to start them and stop them because I haven't quite figured out this inventory thing. Like I have, I'm still working out the kinks of ordering enough inventory. So I'm not like starting and stopping ads so soon so they can actually run. Yeah. So that you could have like an evergreen type of offer. Yeah. It always runs. But I mean, hey, it's good that you're being conservative with inventory because no one wants to be stuck with like thousands of units that aren't selling. So another manufacturing overseas issue is everything's halted. I mean, Mm. I have so it's just put a damper on getting inventory because of all the corrupt stuff. And yes, everyone listening, keep that in mind. Like these are all I mean, you started running ads in March or in February. You started early. Oh, I started for the Easter yeah. food that sold, sold out. Yeah. I started in February. February. Well, I'm yeah. still in the course learning. So yeah. I mean, I feel like next year or so a lot of my products, I do like Easter shirts. I do Christmas shirts, Christmas coloring mats are seasonal. And I feel like now that I've completed the course, I mean, yeah. they're only going to get better from here. Yeah. Like next round, I can see it. Yeah. And you can probably, you know, you can order your inventory a little more aggressively because you know, okay, I'm not just relying on Instagram or my email. It's like, yeah, you can run those ads and you can scale those ads to be selling, selling out that inventory, which is really exciting. So one thing I want to clarify too, is the way you run your ads. So a lot of people really hold up product catalog ads as being the way to go for physical product sellers. And I still in the back of my mind feel like there's more data that's communicated over to Facebook through those catalog ads. But it's been really interesting for me to see that a lot of my physical product sellers do better not doing the Yeah. yeah. Two catalog ads and I just couldn't get them working. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say because I knew that the, I do the carousel, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm, a carousel? Mm-hmm. carousel ad with three images, sometimes four, because I know that those work. I didn't 
try super, super hard to like tinker with my catalog ad, but it didn't work as yeah. well as the carousel ads. So right. I'm just thinking with what works for now. Yeah, I'm exactly. When I get like on a steadier level of running and my yeah. school and all of right. the other things, I have time to tinker with things. I'll try it again. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's so interesting to me because I know for sure, like lots of ads managers and agencies are like, they're so all about the catalog campaigns for e-com. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? Everything you got to test and see because yeah, it's not always like, this is the only way to go. So I yeah. So do the placements. I only put ads in Facebook feed, Instagram feed, and occasionally stories. That's all. Okay. It's just worked really well. Yeah. And that's so interesting too, because for a while, so I've gone back and forth. I used to always do automatic placements early on. This was several years ago. And then I switched to, you know what, let me just do the feeds. And then yeah, sometimes stories placement and that worked really well. And then now recently I've tested automatic placements again, and it's going really well with that. But again, it's one of those things where you have to test because different businesses, it, things really do work in different ways, depending on your business. So you would say your best type of ad is basically it's a carousel ad, but in your carousel, I think you do it two ways, right? One way would be where this carousel, it's all the same product mm -hmm. and you just have multiple images of that same product. And then you link right to that product listing in your shop. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you do a second type of carousel, which is like, it's all products that are part of like the same category. So I have one ad that is for the placemats and not a specific one. So each picture has a different color and a different verse on the placemat. Yeah. And I should look at that one because I think I've had that running for a month or two and it's doing well. I mean, I'm only spending like $10 a day on it, but it's definitely. So this ad is retargeting people who have viewed my placemat collection okay. page, Instagram viewers, and people that interacted with an Instagram post. And so I'm spending $15 a day. I've total spent $411. It has an 8.12 ROAS and I've had $3,339 worth of sales from that ad. Yeah. That's fabulous. A lot of times with the placements too, people are purchasing more than one. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it just, it makes your job a lot easier because you just have these ads running where you can get back in front of all the warm people. You're website visitors, your Instagram engagers, you're just able to get back in front of them in a much more controlled way to say like, Hey, look, we've got these great products for you. And yeah, get them back into your shop. play more with cold audiences. I just haven't had the time lately. Yeah. And well, and for you, I mean, like you Perfect. sell out of your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're somewhat limited with that where you're like, Oh great, let's put an ad up. And then what do you know? It sells out. But yeah, I can't wait to see how you continue to grow. But I did want to point out to people too. So there are no fancy sales pages involved in your ad strategy. You just, you have a lovely shop. Your photos are great. So you either are sending your ads traffic to directly to a shop listing where they see those great photos. You've got great product descriptions. You've got reviews down underneath in your shop. So that's awesome. Or you can send them to a category page. So they would see, you know, here's all the placemats yeah. that we for offer. One that is multiple, like different placemats for the pictures. Yeah. That one just goes to the placemats collection. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that too, just because 
And I, I love a good sales page. I love, you know, that's worked really well for a ton of my students, but I do always tell my physical product sellers like, Hey, you guys, people will buy <laughs> your physical products. Like you don't always have to have a super fancy sales page in order to make ads work. Like you can truly have like a really nice looking shop and send people over to that shop. So I love that you've been able to do that. Okay, so uh, real quick, I would love to get a picture of just, you've been running ads since February, basically. Do you mind sharing, like, what's the total amount you've spent on all your ads in that time? So we're talking about, let's see, March, April, three and a half months of running ads. You know, how much have you spent? How has that contributed to your business revenue? Can you tell me how I look up what I've spent? (laughs) Yeah. So what I would do is just select those dates at the top. So rather than being inside any one campaign, if you're just on the campaign tab as a whole, and then you just select, and you could even in your case, select from like February 1st through May 27th. And then you should see numbers at the bottom. Like here's my total ad spend. Here's my total purchase conversion value, all of that. And obviously this is taking into account the ads that I started and like didn't work. And then, you know, yeah. Total spent $9,403.95. Total purchases $42,992. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I'm just comparing that to like, well, I guess I only went back to April 1st. But like, I mean, Megan, you have brought in, okay, one, you've just started running ads in February, right? Yeah. Okay. You have already brought in more revenue from those ads between February and May than me, who's been running ads for years and years, than I brought in through my ads during that same time period. Like it has taken just a whole new level of like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you're just, you're getting your fabulous products out to more people. It's like Um, getting the perfect people. It's, It's crazy to me how Especially since I thought that no, I was like, oh, there's not going to be that many people that like this product that I like to, wow, Facebook has literally found my people. Yeah. (laughs) So weird, but it's awesome. I love it. And would you say that the customers you're bringing in through ads, are they higher maintenance, lower maintenance, about the same? Like, do you get any sense of that? I get a lot more like notes left on orders now. Literally, I've had people, I should have like printed them off, but I've had people say, I found your ad. I'm so glad I found your company through your ad or an ad popped up in my feed. I'm so glad I found you. I love this. I've been wondering if there's products like this and they just leave like the sweetest notes. Now there are people who I think because they see an ad, they think I'm a little bit bigger of a company than I am. Mm -hmm. And they might think that they're talking to, like if an order didn't ship on time or I sent the wrong item because I'm one person and I do make mistakes. I think sometimes they send emails thinking it's like the customer service department. And I'm like, I'm one person. It's just me. I'm sorry. I sent the wrong one. I'll make it up to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. They probably think like, yeah, you have a marketing department and the CEO and the customer service. You're like, nope, that's all me. I'll make it right. I promise. (laughs) Okay. So, and I want to clarify you don't have any help in your business. No, no, I do. Okay. So growing through ads has allowed me to, I have probably, let me think 15 hours a week of shipping help. Okay. Sounds right. Maybe 10 to 15. But so because of like stay at home orders, I haven't, you know, this, I mean, our stay at home order started in March, I think. So that has been really hard to navigate. I've like wrangled our babysitters who we have had to during all this to help me ship. So I've gotten creative, but if we were running normal, like 
I would have someone helping me ship one to two days a week because yeah. of the increase in sales. And then I also have someone who helps create content and she works like, I don't know how many hours because the way we, I pay her is like per caption basically. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I don't know how many hours that is, but I've definitely grown and be able to, been able to grow yeah. the team with me, I guess. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, once the world yeah. hopefully gets back to normal, then that allows you to, yeah, keep expanding. Because I'm working a lot of late nights shipping again. Like I had gotten to a point where I had help shipping and we would work like one or two nights a week, but now I'm shipping almost every night after my kids go to bed because I mean, I'm for the most part have to do it myself right now. Just right. Yeah. Yeah. There's some growing pains for sure, but yeah, I'm so excited with what you've been able to do. You've had that very good problem of using ads and then selling out of your products. So hopefully that gets better though, too, as manufacturing opens back up. So yeah, I cannot wait to see what the next year brings for you, Megan. It's going to be amazing. Um, Like I am so thankful that you're so willing to share this talent, but like a passion of yours. You're willing to share that with us. And that's so special. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I love this stuff. <laughs> I felt I had someone like cheering for me that genuinely wanted to see ads work for me. And that really touched my heart. Oh, well, thank you. And yes, I mean, that's how I feel. It's so fun. Every round of the intensive, I love looking over those applications, getting to know each student and their business and just watching you guys succeed. I, that to me is more exciting than the revenue I make in my business. Revenue is great. I mean, yes, I'm running a business, but watching you guys grow and succeed and feel like new worlds have opened up for you, like that's the best part. Yeah. You have a heart of gold. I learned about you through someone who took an intensive of yours, I guess a year or two back. And so last, it's funny, it was actually last summer because I went on a trip last June and that's when she had told me like, oh yeah, I did this course and I'm starting to apply it and like I'm seeing success. So that was last June. I was on vacation and I listened to your podcast with the Saturday morning. Yes. Jamie Kleiner. Yeah. So I was listening to that and I was like, I have to figure out how to do this. And I applied like back then, but I think I fell in like a black hole of like, it was in between sessions or something or the application I filled out wasn't actually like, I don't know how I found it. Okay. Anyway, I was like, I was like, Oh man, like, how do I get into this? And then a few months later I like circled back around and that's when I applied in December to get in your January intensive. So yeah, like yeah. almost a year of, I need Beth Ann's help. Oh, I feel bad that you had to wait to, there's definitely like a pro and con to doing like the way I do it with the live program and component. But for me, I've just found that like, if I just would sell the course on autopilot, there's too much nuance to like each person's business and what's going to work for them and making sure their messaging and all of that is where it should be that. Yeah. I kind of, I know I'm like kind of strict. I would have waited longer. (laughs) Well, thanks. And yeah, it's been so fun to have you. So this has been so great, Megan, as we wrap up. So I'd love to ask this question. Do you have either a funny or an adorable mom moment to share? I mean, my most like memorable one was when I left the hospital with my son and my husband and I both looked at each other like, wow, (laughs) let us go home with this child. We're now like fully responsible that's when like being a parent sunk in and that's yeah my most memorable moment. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of sweet moments of my kids like falling asleep in my office while I'm working or like just being so proud of their shirt and saying, telling people like my mommy made this. That melts. Yeah. I love that. 
I love that we work at home moms and, you know, business owners, like our kids get to see us working. They get to see what we're doing. They get to, they're learning about this whole new world. And yeah, I think it's, it's really powerful for them to see us working on on things. Well, yeah. Thank you again, Megan. This is great. And can you remind everyone one more time, where's the best place for them to find you online? They can find me on Instagram at his kids company or at his kids Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, friends, if you had any doubt that building an online business was hard work, you probably don't have any more doubts after that episode, right? We all start out at square one, basically, and we all have to work really hard, right? But eventually in business, most of us tend to find that we can't do all the things, right? We have to pick a few things and a few strategies for growth that we feel will be most effective and that aren't going to take over our entire lives. And so that's what Megan was able to do with Facebook ads. And it's been so fun to watch her continue to grow. If you want to learn more about my ads program, you can head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. That's brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. And no matter what, I hope that by listening to Megan's story, you'll be encouraged to keep going after what you're passionate about, to trust that God has a plan for that, and keep taking those steps forwards towards your goals, towards your business. You can absolutely do it, friend, and I am here cheering for you. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.